I want to just focus on that kind of strange parable of the weeds and the wheat and make three quick points. First, the first point is so obvious we might overlook it that the sower sowed all of the seed, all of the weeds, in a field. So the sower didn't drop some seed over here and some over here. None of the wheat was planted individually, but it was all planted together in a field. An image, really, of the church. So we, though many, are called to be one body. We're called to be a family. So God always calls his people together to support one another to be a family. On Monday, I had dinner with six priests from India. So we have a couple new priests from India, and they were sharing with me how communal-oriented Indian culture is. So when an Indian man gets married, they move in with the wife's parents. How does that sound? <laughs> well, they said, we can have four generations living in the same house. So the newlyweds, the parents, the grandparents, and then when the newlyweds have kids, you have four generations all in the same house. And I thought, how contrary to American culture, where as a sign of our maturity, we seek our independence. Americans are known for their rugged individualism. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We think we can do it ourselves. Now, translate that into our spiritual life. Actually, in the spiritual life, the sign of maturity is when we recognize our dependence. So that's why Jesus says we must become like children to enter the kingdom of God. We have to live in the truth of our littleness, of how much we depend on the Lord and how much we need other people. In American culture, perhaps we've all heard this, where people say, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. Meaning, well, yeah, I have a relationship with God, but I don't want to be a part of any church. That's actually very anti-biblical. God always calls his people together to support one another. The wheat is only going to flourish if it's in the field with all the other wheat. The second point I want to make, now Jesus, strangely, he says, well, let the weeds grow with the wheat. Now, I kind of wish I would have known this parable better when I was a kid so that when my dad said, it's time to pull the weeds, I'd say, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give God a prayer of thanksgiving for putting this difficult person 
How do we learn to control our anger and patience if we never encounter somebody that maybe annoys us? How do we learn to love our enemy if we've never been attacked or persecuted or insulted? So God uses all of perhaps what we consider difficult people to help us grow in virtue. Pope Benedict has said, you know, we really only come to know ourselves in relationship to others. And it's sometimes through the difficult people in our lives that we really come to know the areas that we need to grow the most. Finally, I think the key to the soul parable is really in the first reading. So listen to the description of God in this first reading. It says, God is lenient toward all. God, you judge with clemency. God is patient so as to permit repentance. The psalmist goes on to say, God is good and forgiving, abounding in kindness. God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. What's the point of this parable? God in his mercy and love for us is infinitely patient because God wants to save everyone. And so I dare say that in God's garden, weeds can actually be converted and become weeds. So don't just immediately uproot the weeds because God wants to give us time to change and convert and to repent in our lives. Perhaps we all want to say that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. You know, Matthew Kelly wrote a book called The Greatest Lie in the History of Christianity. Well, what's the greatest lie in the history of Christianity? Matthew Kelly says it's this, that becoming a saint is impossible, that change is not possible, or holiness is not possible. This parable is very clear. We have an enemy who's at work. And what does the enemy want to ultimately do? Lead us into despair. The enemy always shames us. You know the difference between guilt and shame? So guilt is the recognition, okay, I've done something wrong, and guilt leads me to repentance and forgiveness. But shame is not so much that I've done something wrong, but that I'm wrong. I'm a mistake. I'm a failure. There's no hope for me. This is the lie of the evil one. I'll always be a weed. Jesus, really in this parable, as harsh as it sounds, is giving hope. Change is possible. When we encounter Jesus, he always reminds us of who we are. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved you belong to me. I created you good. You belong to the church. You're called to be weeds in my field. Let's open our hearts. See, the path to freedom, the path to conversion, is not simply trying harder, but it's about making a deeper surrender. Surrendering to Jesus, who's infinitely patient, who's constantly beckoning us, to come back and change is really possible. The weeds can become weeds.